Welcome to Coinology, the podcast. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Coinology. And I am so honored to be sitting across from none other than Pastor Dwight Buckner. Let's give him a round of applause, y'all. Yay. Thank you so much, Pastor Dwight, for being here today. Thank you so much. For those who don't know who Pastor Dwight Buckner is, let me tell you a little bit about Pastor Dwight. Pastor Dwight is an author, a three-time author. He has an upcoming book by the name of Overlook. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, Pastor Dwight is also a senior pastor of Generation of Hope Church based out of Decatur, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Um, Pastor Dwight is also a owner of a barbershop. How long have you had the barbershop? 12 years. Okay. And Pastor Dwight is also an entertainment um, personality as well. He most recently was probably uh, rated as one of the top um, uh, counselors on Married at First Sight. Um, and he's also offered um, for years now um, feedback and counseling for multiple radio stations. And so Pastor Dwight is here today to talk to us about faith business and entertainment. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So he Sorry. is very well versed to be able to talk about that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So Pastor sure. Dwight, let's talk a little bit about being Pastor Dwight. Okay. 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 So how long have you been a pastor? I've been pastoring for um, 11 years. 11? Uh, yeah, 11 years. And uh, my ministry actually started in my business. Okay. Uh, and so we started doing a local Tuesday night Bible study. And uh, from there, began to grow. And uh, and so it's been wonderful, a wonderful ride. It's had ups and downs, but I know I'm called to it. And so I've, I've enjoyed the journey. How did you know that you were called to it? Just the call of God. Um, when I was 16 years old, 16 years old, I knew God had called me to ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to run from it as long as I could, and uh, He uh, snatched me by my coattail at 21. Okay. Um, and so I, I finally said, you know, I submitted. I didn't have any other opportunity to do what I want to do anymore because I had <laughs> pretty much uh, had all my flesh stuff out. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, God, I'm gonna go ahead and submit now. So you you talk about that in your first book. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. And w- let's talk about your first book a little bit. What's the, what's the title of your first book? My first book is entitled Breaking the Cycle of Lust. Okay. And uh, what I've come to find out about um, this spirit of lust is mm-hmm. that a lot of us, um, we have just naturally inherited um, lust from um, our bloodline and family mm-hmm. members. And it's actually transgenerational. If we look generational curse, would yes. you say? Yep. Generational curse. Okay. Yep. And so my whole focus on the book was to go through and to lay out steps on how to break this curse over you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so what are some of the key tips that you would give someone watching today about breaking generational curses around lust? Well, the, one of the first things I would say in this modern era that we live in mm-hmm. is to literally watch what you will look at on television because mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that feeds to your uh, desires, your fleshy desires. Nowadays, you can look at a commercial on television and you can't even buy a refrigerator without somebody kissing it. Yeah. In the refrigerator. yeah. So, um, s- this hypersexualized culture mm-hmm. has called us to want more and more and more. And so I would say to just monitor what you watch on television and fasting. Old school Bible says that this kind comes out by fasting and praying. So fasting is very key. Too. I'm glad you mentioned old school versus new school. By the way, we have a special guest in here. When I said old school, I thought about him. Uh, we have Quincy Griggs in the house. Everybody give a round of applause for Mr. Quincy Griggs. All right. All right. All right. Quincy's also a part of EPI Media Group and he's a part of the Coinology podcast from time to time. So I want to 
him to be here. He's also um, very well versed in the topic that we're having today. So we have him here. But back to Pastor Dwight, I want to talk about the new school versus old school. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, new school train of thought. And, you know, you have a lot of people that talk about relationships and they say there's a lot of discussion around premarital sex Mm -hmm. and whether or not folks should actually live together and experience sex before they're actually married. Um, Many people feel as if, okay, if I don't experience that before I get married, how do I know that me and this person will be compatible long term? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Without just quoting scripture, Mm -hmm. I would like to know your thoughts on that. And then we can talk to old school over here about his thoughts on that. But, But what are your thoughts on that, Pastor Dwight? Well, here are my thoughts on that. Um, I think you take away, when you when you make a decision, a conscious decision to lay with somebody before you get married, uh, to have um, um, any type of sexual activity with them before you get married, I think you take away the joy of marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the blessings of being married is being able to share your body with somebody that you've never shared your body with. Mm-hmm. Um, but nowadays, um, we actually promote that it's okay to live with somebody before you get married. You can have relations with relationships with them and relations and things of that nature. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm a mixture of both old school and new school, mm-hmm. but I'm still from the standpoint that you should not uh, lay with anybody before you get married to them because then you that gets us into a much deeper conversation mm-hmm. into soul ties. We get into all of that other stuff. And it can take you five minutes to get into something, 15 years to get out of it. Mm. And so I think that the reality is that if you can control yourself and your in your in your body to to stay away from that, it's hard. It's extremely mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I I'm I would not recommend doing that. What are your thoughts over here, old school? I mean, the reality is it real? Is it realistic? Because let's talk about it in your situation. What are your thoughts? Well, the society we live in now uh, has been the scapegoat, has been the excuse in the sense of uh, accepting it. I think personally, I think that uh, marriage is something that the two of you have an opportunity to monopolize. And what I mean by that is if you go into it and you have have not had a certain experience, uh, when you get married and bring that experience in, the both of you are in the building process now. You're building a... Uh, a, a sort of empire, so to speak. But you're, but you're under the assumption that people are still getting married too, because I think we're living in a time now where I don't, I haven't been to. Well, actually, let me back up. I went to a wedding maybe a few months ago. My cousin got married, but mm-hmm. before then, I was just thinking I haven't been to a wedding in years. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to a bridal shower in years, but I've been to baby showers. Mm-hmm. So are people still? getting married and um, because I know Pastor Dwight, you would have had to um, officiate the weddings. Are are you seeing a decline in weddings? Uh, Yeah, I'm seeing a decline in weddings. Mm -hmm. Um, And and in fact, the weddings that I do now are people that are already uh, living together. Mm -hmm. So they're coming to the altar already in the house. So what do you say to them when they come to you in marital counseling, living in sin? I already, I, I, I come to them where they are. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I I don't try to, you know, break up what they've already did. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want people to feel like I am the judgmental Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the Bible says one who wins souls is wise. And I said that because you have to be very 
very creative mm -hmm. of, of how you approach people. Mm -hmm. And so I have a couple now that I'm counseling. They're already living together. All they moved all their stuff in together. They already have their first child on the way. Mm -hmm. So do I say to them, you guys are wrong, leave the house? I meet them where they are. I say, okay, this is what you guys have done so far. Let's take it from here. Mm -hmm. Let's get some counseling. I want uh, the woman. I want to know the woman's background. I want to know his background. I want to know how can we 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 move from this stage into a more healthier stage? Mm -hmm. Because even in the stage they're in now, there's a lot of arguing and bickering. And I think a lot of it's because they moved in too soon together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I don't. I, I'm not judging them, of course. But would you tell them abstain from sex from this point forward? Uh. I would tell them that, but are they going to do it? I don't know. But would you just say, from this day until you get married, no more? Yeah, I would. Okay, I okay, would. okay. So the first mistake that you made Me? Was, yes, you. I made a mistake? Yes, you made a mistake. Okay, what did I do? Well, the mistake Office that you made was, <laughs> how, what do you say to them about that in your when you brought the question? And they are living in sin. That's the first mistake, because you've already passed a Judgment. Right. And well, I'm going do, back to the do. word of God, though. Right. Well, is it is it not stated not. in the word of God with the, the part that's missing? OK. And that often is missing is the element of grace. Mm -hmm. So regardless of logically or rationally, we conclude that somebody is or is not doing in a state of existence and you remove the element of grace, you have just jeopardize the opportunity to win them over, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I use that term. Loosely. And I'm glad you said that because one of the questions I have for Pastor Dwight is, what do you do if someone comes to you for advice and they're a non-believer, especially because you are now in the space of entertainment now, mm -hmm. too. So you're going to come across lots of people who believe differently than you. Yes. Right? Yeah. Well, I I'm... And this is what I believe God has called, put on my life. I'm called to non-believers, the lost. I'm called to those in entertainment. I'm called to all of them. And I say that because God prepared me for that um, while I've had my business. I've had a barbershop for 12 years. I've seen it all mm -hmm. um, on a daily basis. I deal with people who are not of the same faith. Uh, they're living their lives in a type of way. Um, and, and most people uh, that know me um, as a barber, they actually know I'm a pastor as well, but I don't force that on them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm listening to their, their stories, I'm listening to what they've been in. I say, hey, man, this, this is a, I look for points of connection. Mm -hmm. Where is the middle ground? How can we connect here besides our faith? And, and if we connect, then maybe I can lead you in a direction that I feel uh, you would maybe, you know, listen to. But I don't, I don't, I don't force anything on anything. You don't force. And the thing about you, Pastor Dwight, is that you're walking in a new space. Mm -hmm. um, you were just named one of the top five TikTok pastors mm -hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. huge. And so I think if we had had this conversation 10 years ago, people wouldn't even know what we're talking yes. about because TikTok yeah. didn't exist. Yeah. And I think many people believe that you only can minister in the pulpit no. and you found a place outside of that. Yes. So let me ask you this question. Yeah. Um, so some of your mentors and some of the old school leaders that you probably fall under, how do they feel about you venturing into entertainment because many, you know, for years it's always been said that entertainment and religion should not coincide, right? That's a that's a great question. Well, here's the thing. I'm a seventh generation pastor. I, mm -hmm. My whole family is pastors. But 
nobody, I'll say outside of my family, nobody ever handed me the baton. Mm. So I don't have the answer to them. When I say nobody handed me the baton, nobody really came along the side of me and showed me the ropes. Nobody groomed you? No. No. Absolutely not. Is that where Overlook came from? Yes. Nobody groomed me. It was just kind of one of those things where you just kind of learn from the rest of us. Mm -hmm. But nobody come alongside and groomed me. And they did not come alongside and groom me. And I believe because I I actually believe that my life is really similar to David and Joseph. And I I, I liken that to biblical characters because nobody really came and says, hey, this is how you do this. This is how I want you to do this. And if if I did have somebody come and tell me how to do it, they were judging me and they were rude and they were mean in their approach that mm. I didn't receive from them. Mm. And so yeah, I didn't have that. Um, so in terms of their opinions, I, it, I can care less about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anybody old school saying, well, you don't need it. I'm, I'm, I'm in my lane. Mm-hmm. Okay. And mm-hmm. even when we talk about TikTok, you know, um, my goal is not to just throw out their Jesus to people. Cause mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of folks that mm-hmm. won't accept the word. Mm-hmm. My goal is to inspire them mm-hmm. and motivate them, which would eventually lead them to uh, Jesus. Trailblazers actually create space and lanes that don't exist. Mm. So you are basically walking and creating a space for those in the next generation Mm -hmm. that want to be able to pastor or to Mm -hmm. lead and they don't feel as if they're getting the baton handed to them. Yes. And I'll Mm -hmm. say this, and this is, this is a wonderful question. I love Mm -hmm. your question. Mm -hmm. Um, um, And in terms of the TikTok usage, um, my church grew uh, literally from about 70 people, all those 70 people that were in person before the pandemic left, the mm. church grew to 700 people through online membership Wow! in two years because I was doing regular Bible studies on TikTok and Instagram, things of that nature. And they used to laugh at my ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't have nothing but 20, 30 people on there. Overlooked. Side. Overlooked. They used Overlooked. to laugh at me. And big time uh, pastors and ministers would be around me and wouldn't even offer to help. Envy. Envy. And I said, how you? And I said to myself, when I get to the place where I'm able to help so many in terms of financially, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to reach down and, and help steward these younger guys mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that have status, but they don't they don't mentor, they don't Mm-mm. help, they Mm-mm. just and it's just a make. Within this city we have, it's territorial. Mm-hmm. Very. Uh, I've learned how to stay in my lane, work my lane. I'm not looking for nobody big to come along and say, Pastor Dwight, I need you. I'm working my lane and got mm-hmm. you create a lane. And you're creating your own. And, and so, Pastor Dwight, let's think about this, though. Let's be honest about it. You don't look like the traditional pastor that one would see in the pulpit. Right. Do you think you were overlooked because people saw you as too attractive to be a pastor? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I believe, yeah, I believe there was jealousy there. Yeah. Now, when I look through my genealogy, through my pedigree, my mm-hmm. lineage, my bloodline, mm-hmm. they did the same thing to my great uncles. Ah, okay. Because they were tall, they were handsome, mm-hmm. and, and, and my great uncle, who I, I literally am following his footsteps, he had his own television show for 40 years. Wow. On television. Wow. For free. Wow. And he was tall, handsome, had charisma, mm-hmm. and they never accepted him into their circles. Mm-hmm. They treated him like he was nothing. Mm-hmm. The same thing is happening to me. And I'm like, how come you cannot have style, mm-hmm. creativity, ingenuity, intelligence, and love God? How, how, how is it that you can have all of that 
and somebody still overlook you. Mm, mm, mm. And Papa Smurf, I think you probably face the same thing, right? You, you're an attractive guy over here. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay, that's all I had <laughs> to say. I'm not for told me. that. <laughs> so Papa but, Smurf has had the same challenges? Well, uh, over the years, as one would mature in mm-hmm. their faith, you start to develop uh, understanding the difference between sensationalism and spiritualism and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times... If it's just based on the appeal of the eye, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, realizing that it's something deeper. The biggest thing that I would like to offer to the conversation is, of course, is appeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, people will listen to that which is most appealing. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know what I'm saying. And and in a space of commonality, that you're approachable and appealing. But, you know, I think also you will find that some people may be confused if they walked into the church and they saw Pastor Dwight in the pulpit initially because they probably would not expect Mm -hmm. Pastor Dwight to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so those are things that they probably have to work through, too. But let's talk a little bit, too, about getting in the space of entertainment, because in the real world, we know that entertainment is full of demonic forces. Yes. Right. So how have you been able to maneuver in that space being a man of God? And and I'm going to say this because um, I have worked with a lot of men of God and it has been challenging because everybody isn't really truly operating as a man of God. And I can say Pastor Dwight is a client of mine and he truly walks the walk and talks the talk. Very few that I have encountered, very few actually do that. So I know the challenges of the entertainment world must be very heavy on you. How do you deal with the demonic spirits that are out there? Well, here's the thing. When I was on Married at First Sight season mm-hmm. 12, <clears throat> which I did not want to go on initially mm-hmm. because I was just going to be introduced as a friend. I'm, I thought my first time on national television would be preaching, mm-hmm. but instead it was counseling, and I'm mm-hmm. thankful for that. Um, there was a plethora of people that were saying while on television, he is. He looks to such and such to mm-hmm. be a counselor or a pastor. Mm-hmm. I'll be at his church every Sunday, mm-hmm. and that stuff doesn't. <laughs> that 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 stuff doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, maybe if I was in my early twenties, mm-hmm. I would feed into it. Mm-hmm. But since I've waited so long and I've become seasoned mm-hmm. in what God's called me to do, those things don't bother me because I think about how much I can lose. And I've seen so many great men and women of God who were attractive that failed to moral. Uh, failures, things of that nature, mm-hmm. that I just want to set a standard. And the Lord does not allow me to have that type of publicity if I'm not living a, living a clean life. That's right. That's so right. the doors that opened for me was because I was living that life that he wants me to live. And I know they're only going to stay open if I do. If they, you continue. They'll, they'll be shut immediately because God is very... You know what you've been called to do. It, it is not just to be on TV. Mm-hmm. You are People are watching you. Yeah. They're watching and they're wanting to see, is he going to be different? Because mm-hmm. I think so many people have disappointed yes. the followers. Yes, yes. Um, and I think that people are hoping. Mm. They're holding their breath and saying, please let him be real. Yes, yes. And one of the things I've been um, recently challenged with is the fact that I, I would oftentimes have conversations with God and I'd be speaking to him. I don't know, you know and I say, Lord, well... Um, when you open up these doors for me, 
I just want you to be the light. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get caught up in any type of mess. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and I don't. I, there's too many of a spiritual leaders that are in mess, and I don't. I want to clean. I just want my hands to be clean. You, people are heartbroken. Mm. They're heartbroken. They're confused. Mm. And and because of that, you see a uprise and an uptick of what people are calling witchcraft today. Mm. Have you have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. And and people are no longer practicing in dark. Mm-hmm. Mm. They are very open about their beliefs. Yeah. And, and and so and then, and then there's a thing now where you hear people say religion versus um, spirituality. Mm. Right. Mm. Let's talk about the, what's the difference between religion and spirituality. Can you still be a believer and be spiritual and not be religious? Yeah, I think uh, when you're a believer, you are spiritual. Um, when we talk about religion then we get into more of a um, ritual routine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the church I grew up in mm-hmm. was more, con- well, I'll say this, I learned I learned religion in the church, but as I grew older in God, I learned what transformation was, that if I don't do communion on first Sunday, um, God still loves me. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. If I don't wear a suit to preach in, I'm still as anointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, religion says you got to do what we normally do in order for you to be that much better. But I realized when I took off my shirt and die on Sundays and started wearing T-shirts and mm-hmm. jeans and tennis shoes mm-hmm. that the anointing was still there. It's still there. Uh, and so, um, and, and in fact, I can draw more people um, um, looking common, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of religion and spirituality, um, religion is more so I'm just doing what's supposed to be done. I had a, um, um, a, a lady come to us in our church probably about three years ago, and she says, well, Pastor, um, how come we didn't do communion this Sunday, and how come everybody didn't have on black? I said, because I wanted to change some things up. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, that's just not right. I said, why? She didn't have any answer for me. Because mm. she was so used to this, it being this way that if it wasn't that way, then it wasn't of God. It wasn't. Well, you know, I think you guys, do you guys remember there was a huge debate? It was probably right before the pandemic. Um, Pastor Jamal Bryant had made a comment about sage and burning sage. Mm. And then you have individuals who actually have crystals and things of that nature. Is that considered witchcraft? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is? So Absolutely. you you guys believe sage and, and crystal? Absolutely. Okay, talk Absolutely. to me a little bit about, about that. Absolutely. Anything anything that you make a god. But are you it, making it a god? Absolutely. When you worship that crystal, when I say when when I say you look to that crystal for energy and you 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 burn that sage for peace, that is that you're making that your god. Oh. So 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 energy cuz I've heard people say when you use the word energetic or energy and mm-hmm. that I, that's so that's considered a, a, a witchcraft. Witchcraft, absolutely. Really. 100%. If you if you bring a tangible external element in order to demonstrate a power mm. you've stepped into that mm-hmm. into that realm mm-hmm. ultimately the energy the impact comes from within mm-hmm. so it's that in you mm-hmm. not that you bring on you. But what if you like it? What if it's just pretty to you? Listen, what you just say? What'd you no, just I'm say? saying, what if it's just pretty well, I mean, to I want you? you to listen to the things I, that you say. Right, because the things I'm, that you say are okay, the same Papa things Smurf. that comes. Because what you're, ref, you're reflecting to the very thing that keeps people from experiencing that deep relationship. It's one thing to have a relationship 
And it's another thing to have religion. There are folks who are religious that don't necessarily have a relationship, and folks that have a relationship really have to have the practices in order to maintain and to develop mm-hmm. that relationship. You understand? So you can have religion without relationship, but you can't have relationship without religion. But can someone's relationship be different from yours and it, it not be. be witchcraft? It can be different. Right? Can it, can it be can different. It, and it not be witchcraft. Because to me, I think that sometimes we are real quick to say, if you don't believe like I believe, you are automatically demonic or um, well, a witch. There are, some, there are some basic elements, basic essentials that will never change. Yeah. And, and I'll say this. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, I am a Christian minister. Okay. And that's what I stand on. And we have begun to mix so many different things together. Uh, and still say that we're Christian. Mm. Um, uh, I'll say this. Um, I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. Mm -hmm. And in order to get to God, that you have to go through Jesus. There might be somebody else to come along the side and say, well, Pastor, I disagree with that. I believe you can go. You can worship these crystals and get Mm -hmm. to God. I can worship that. That's that's them. (laughs) Okay. That's them. Worship these crystals. That's not my belief. And the reason why that's not my belief is because when I got sick, didn't no crystal heal me. Mm. When I was hurting, didn't no sage make me feel better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) I needed somebody who would come on the inside of my heart and change what I was going Mm -hmm, through. mm -hmm. And and so um, I just think that. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't bash anybody for believing what they believe, but but don't tell me that my belief is wrong because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to stand on it. Well, you can't touch anything spiritual. Right. It only has a manifestation. So let's talk about that. So meditation mm-hmm. and prayer. Mm-hmm. They both, to me, when you're praying, you're praying to God. When you're meditating, you're listening mm-hmm. to the word of God. Mm-hmm. The God is speaking to you through meditation, right? But then you have a lot of people who believe that when you even talk about meditation and yoga and things of those natures, you are now entering into a space of, again, witchcraft. Yes. Thoughts absolutely. on that? Yeah. And I agree with that. Um, I, I, here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with meditation. The question is, is what are you meditating on? Mm-hmm. Who, who, who are you meditating on? What, what is the meditation about? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's the thing. I meditate, but when I meditate, I'm reflecting on my experiences and what God has brought me through with mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be somebody else that meditates on other things. Uh, might be Buddha, might be this, might be that. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. I meditate, I meditate on God. That's right. And, and your thoughts, Quincy? Well, uh, the same. The bottom line is, regardless of your element of belief or levels of spirituality, uh, your meditation brings you, is the practice of bringing you to a certain focus. Mm-hmm. So what is that focus, though, about? Mm-hmm. The, in, the, 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 the bottom line is, is what ultimately does it glorify? Mm-hmm. What ultimately, you know, who does it bring to the forefront? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you, if you're able to gauge that, assess that, and line yourself up with it, then I think that that, you know, basically um, feeds into ultimately what you, where you are in your mm-hmm. belief system and what you understand and, and those kinds of things. The, the, you know, the whole thing about it, regardless if it's 
because you, you talked about entertainment. Mm -hmm. You know, celebrities need salvation too. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when you, you know, we talked about dimensions and we talked about dispensation, those mm -hmm. kinds of things. We're in a, my belief is we're in a dispensation where uh, the entertainment uh, industry mm -hmm. um, is being more and more to the forefront. And we need people who are yes. sent, yes. not went, mm -hmm. who have been sent with a, with the ability, with the endowment, with the uh, endorsement, so to speak, in order to fulfill that space. I agree with you on that because I think um, people tend to do business or have relations with people that are most like them. And if they see Pastor Dwight in this in the space of entertainment as being most like them, they're more likely to listen to what Pastor Dwight says and, mm -hmm. and allow his yes. words to actually make a modification change. Let's talk a little bit about Overlooked. Mm -hmm. I think that is a very powerful title because I don't think that many would have ever thought of you, Pastor Dwight, as being overlooked until you explained a little bit earlier about how no one ever really gave you the chance. Mm -mm, no. no one ever said, Here. So, so, so let's talk about where did that power within come from to say, I'm not going to wait my turn mm -hmm. and that I don't need to listen to what someone else thinks about me and my readiness. I am ready I am qualified mm -hmm. and it is my time. Mm -hmm. What talk let talk to me about that moment when that hit. Well, I think it's been a um, a series of events in my life that led up to me writing the book Overlooked and I'm just now releasing the book Overlooked, but it should have really been my first book. But Overlooked is my life. That mm -hmm. ain't just a book. That's my life story. Mm -hmm. um, and it started it started when I was younger. I noticed that even in school, um, something as simple as a, a basketball game, I was always the last one to get picked. Of course, mm. I, mean, I have had the same skill as other people. But mm -hmm. I took that and I began to say, man, why did they never pick me? And then even as I got into high school, I just was always the last one to be chosen. Mm. And, you know, uh, then as I got into college, um, you know, um, I, my GPA from high school was low, and then mm -hmm. I applied at about 30 different colleges, and only one accepted me. Mm -hmm. it, all of that was— And it, it created it, an insecurity. Yeah, it created insecurity. Then it was some things that were said to me growing up, and then there were some some very disturbing things said to me growing up and made me feel kind of insecure. Mm -hmm. But more than that, I never really uh, pushed, overlooked, and really thought about being overlooked until I got into ministry. Mm. When I got into ministry— that is when I noticed that there were hierarchies, there were there were people in positions that wanted you to stay beneath them, mm. and they 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 they. It they, was purposeful. Yes, it was mm -hmm. pur purposeful. I served at one ministry for ten years, and I think I probably preached maybe once or twice. Wow! And I know that was a season where God was training me, but keep in mind, I was in line there. I wanted to be youth pastor, I want to be this, and somebody else came from another church and took over the position. I'm like, wait a minute, I've been here. So it's been this cycle of stuff. I'm like, wait a minute here. But it wasn't until I got into ministry when mm -hmm. I began to realize, man, this thing is all about 
who's ever on top because ain't nobody reaching down and looking for the underdogs and the black sheep and those who everybody was looking at status and position mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. and that but they never forget the wonderful thing and I know we got to move on the wonderful thing about a diamond is diamonds look like coils in fact they come from that and you never realize it's a diamond until you begin to remove the dirt mm. and I think a lot of the challenges is that we have we have overlooked all of these diamonds because they did not look like diamonds. Mm, mm. Um, and, and greatness doesn't look like greatness. Jesus was born in a major. Joseph mm -hmm. was thrown into prison. David was on the backside of the, of, of the mountain. And we got to start taking out time to really see, hey, what do I really have? Um, who do I have close to me that I'm not paying attention to? That's right. That it could end up being extremely great. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, the you spoke about the diamond. And one thing about understanding the diamond, that the value is there. Mm -hmm. It might yeah. be overshadowed. Mm -hmm. It might be covered up, mm -hmm. but it's there. It's the removal of the dirt yes. that brings forth the value. Mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. You understand? Mm -hmm. So the, the, the dirt is all part and of... And it's also man-made that says that a diamond is valuable. Mm. We mm -hmm. say it's valuable. Mm -hmm. Why is a diamond any valuable, any more valuable than uh, a piece of quartz? I'm a, well, let me tell you why. The reason why it's more valuable than, than that, than what you just mentioned, was because nothing shines and lasts as long as the diamond. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, growing up, you know, I grew up in the 19, in, I was in, in 1998, I was in high school, and mm -hmm. Puff Daddy and Mace. They were all popular. You know, he's P. Diddy now. No, he's actually Love. Well, that's for, let's give him the, his name is Love now, Pastor Dwight. Love. I didn't know that. <laughs> but, well, anyway, he changed his name to Love. Yeah, his name is Love. Well, I didn't know that. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, Love. Uh huh. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> love. So, anyway, they used to wear these big diamond earrings. Mm -hmm. And in an attempt, in an attempt in my life to want that big diamond earring, mm -hmm. I went to the local. A jewelry store, mm -hmm. and I got some cubic zirconians. Mm -hmm. Now, cubic zirconians shine mm -hmm. just as bright as a diamond. The only problem is, is that the shine on a cubic zirconian only lasts about two weeks. That's right. Only lasts about two weeks. Mm -hmm. And so after two weeks, people are beginning to see what you really had. The dim. The dim. Mm -hmm. The dimness. It was fake. It mm -hmm. wasn't authentic. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is why... Um, th this is why there are folks that would save up in, in high school. This is why mm -hmm. people that would save up to actually get a diamond because mm -hmm. the shine lasts longer mm -hmm. and it, it can it can withstorm the test of time. Um, and I think a lot of times in in talking about overlook, you have a you have a plethora of people that can resonate with this testimony because on the inside they know their diamonds. That's right. Mm -hmm. They know their value. You ain't got to tell. Mm -hmm. They don't need nobody else to confirm how valuable. They know how valuable they are. The problem is, is that other folk, other people don't see mm -hmm. the value mm -hmm. in them. And so this book is birthed out of those who have been the the the, the underdogs, those mm -hmm. that never got opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, so you have a lot of passion around that topic. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you still you're still feeling it right now. Yeah, right. I always feel it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it. So, I mean, at, at the end of the day, Pastor Dwight, how do folks feel that you just said, I'm not waiting? Well, you got to go. Listen, this is a season for me in my life mm -hmm. where 
I'm not waiting for nobody to hand me nothing. And you're not waiting for the hand claps either, right? Right, right. No, mm-hmm. I'm going I'm I'm going to get it. I'm, One thing you and I both talked about is when the great things happen, the people who are celebrating you are people you don't know. Yes, yeah. Come on now. I mean, you don't know. If you're waiting for a bunch of people you know, you're going to be disappointed in this next level. I got disappointed when I was on Married at First Sight. Mm-hmm. I got ex- I got so hurt because there were there were I don't have a lot of friends, but there were a few friends that I had that mm-hmm. I was extremely close with. Mm-hmm. And when I was on the show, they never sent me a text and said, "Great job." <sighs> they never said, "I'm proud of you." Mm-hmm. In fact, the only text that I got from somebody that I was former friend with was, "Man, I just hate." Uh, all the drama that you're in right now on television, that's the only text I got. Negativity. What, what no good mm-hmm. stuff. What no. And I said, that's all. I was on the show for a while. That's all you could send. You couldn't send, well, thanks for representing Christ. You couldn't send, I'm proud of you. You couldn't send, great job. That You know, jealousy will do some things. And, and the people that you consider to be the closest to you many yeah. times are your biggest foes. Yes. Your enemies are never somebody who don't know now. you. Come on now. Right? Yeah. And so when you realize that it's painful, and, and yeah. I tell people this all the time, the higher up you go, the elevation that you receive, the more lonelier it yes. becomes yeah. out here. Yes. I fell out, Ebony, this is why this podcast is so significant because mm-hmm. it really gets, uh, lets the inside scoop on mm-hmm. people's lives. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I fell out with some people in ministry who wanted me to run after them. Wait a minute, run after? Run after them. They they felt like I, if I was not in their circle, if mm-hmm. I did not run to every event they had, if I did not come support them at everything they had, then I wasn't doing a whole lot. Mm. And 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 I, I'm glad I went through that because I had to realize, God, if you're gonna do something for me. You do it regardless Garbage. of who I'm connected to. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. do I got to be connected to you? But how did you wake up, Pastor Dwight? Something had to happen for you to say one day, I've had enough. I, when I, I woke up when I finally realized, when I finally realized I'm just dealing with, I'm dealing with a circle of people then that are just jealous of me and they never want to see me. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't want to see, mm-hmm. they don't want to see me mm-hmm. grow. That's when I had to step back and say, you know what? Let me just work my lane. I, I, I stopped listening uh, to certain preachers because I wanted to find my voice. Mm-hmm. I wanted mm-hmm. to find out who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there was a whole thing going on years ago about this whole spiritual mother. You got to have a spiritual mother, spiritual father. Mm-hmm. You got to be who's your spiritual covering. And I said, these, I said, I'm wasting my time trying to figure out who's my spiritual father. Who's mm-hmm. I said, Lord, you, you got folk around me who hold me accountable. You mm-hmm. have this, and people will get. People will stop following you because you're not under who they're under. And you're not following who they're following. And that, to me, Pastor Dwight, and then give me, that could be a little bit on witchcraft in a sense. I mean, we got to be careful. um, You know, people just need to be real careful about that. And and what are your thoughts on this, Papa Smurf? I I know you're biting at the bits over here. Well, I was biting at the bits (laughs) way back when. Um, uh, So Jonah Mm -hmm. was sent to a place and his gripe was for sending him was you need to, God, you need to take care of them because they're the ones that are killing us. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are... And and 
we have a tendency in our humanity uh, to exalt ourselves mm. above, mm-hmm. you know, the next one or our brother or this, that, and the other. And there has to be the, the whole fulfillment of your your calling is in the fact that you have to have a place, a, a state of humility in order to fulfill that. Mm-hmm. So you can look at all that. It was more about him getting himself together before actually getting there. If he was there in the state that he was, there was this ego thing that's in now, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, you deserved it. You deserve blah, 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 blah. And looking at all of the downside, the bad side, this, that, and the other. But if you, if you do the self-examination to the point that the, the humility is greater, there's more impact, more value, more usage in that. Well, you know, the thing that was so surprising to me, I think I remember in college, I was in college, I went to Virginia Commonwealth University in undergrad, and right next to us was Virginia Union University. Mm-hmm. Virginia, Univer- Uni- Virginia Union University was is HBCU, and it primarily is focused on creating pastors, right? And then so many of them would come over to VCU, which is a predominantly white university, and utilize our facilities and things like that, because, you know, at that time, there was not, you know, equitable things. And so, um, so I remember I'm an AKA and I remember a lot of my alpha brothers were studying to be pastors. I had no, this is the thing. I was always surprised because I didn't know that they were going to school to be a pastor. I didn't, I never asked what they were studying. They, So in all this to say, I was surprised when it was senior year and everyone's talking about what was going to happen next, their jobs and stuff. And I'm like, you are about to pastor someone's church. Mm -hmm. And some of these folks looked at it as a job. They were accepting opportunities. It was not a calling. It was they called it. They chose it. And. I worried, I sat back and said, and these are the people that are going to go out and lead the flock. There's a danger. Right? I, I, yeah. I, it, it changed me at a very young age because I said, OMG, this guy is a trip and he's about to go out here, you know? Um, so what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's the that? danger in it. Uh-huh. The danger in it is when you're representing God in your earth, but it's by career. And not by calling. Not by calling, mm-hmm. right? And when you when you treat it as a career, again, there is that ego thing again. Well, not only just a career, though, Quincy, I've noticed in some cases um, it's also what you call inherited. I've been in churches before where the pastor passed the baton to his son and then to his daughter and then to the great-granddaughter. And so the question is, were all of them called? Or was it, you know, is it, um, where do we have the difference? Where does um, business and church separate? Well, the it, in my opinion, uh, both of them have a common element, mm-hmm. and that is meeting the needs of people. Mm-hmm. You meet the needs of people in business, and you meet the needs of people. Mm-hmm. As but you don't have to be the pastor of the church. You can meet the needs of people and be over a ministry. That's correct. So um, the idea is occupation, deity, and then your 
relationship with God in terms of having, and I'm going to refer to this as the burden of Malachi. Okay, so mm-hmm. there's occupation. Talk to me a little bit about the burden of Malachi, because when you mention those words, I want you to make sure that the viewers mm-hmm. truly understand what you're saying. So mm-hmm. what does that mean, Quincy? Well, burden of Malachi is that there is a suffering that is prevalent and you have this thing in you that says, I want to do something about this suffering so mm-hmm. that people won't suffer more. Anymore. So the burden and the word Malachi is the suffering. Yeah, it is. It, the burden is the thing that's on you that moves you to do something about the suffering. The suffering. That's so the burden of the Malachi. burden of Malachi. Right. Okay. Right. And then there and then there is ministry in terms of meeting the needs mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. And 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 there's some distinctions, but sometimes they kind of go hand in hand, mm-hmm. you know, but in terms of uh, business and church, as you um uh, brought up, both of them share that, that you're meeting the need or need of, of people. I think the thing that Pastor Dwight is doing, is, which is so important right now, is he's getting outside of the pulpit and he's going out to the people mm-hmm. and he is, he's ministering in a non-conventional way. And I think today in the time that we're living in where you have kids that are afraid to go to school people who are afraid to go to a house of worship, individuals that are afraid to go to the movie theater. We are afraid, Pastor Dwight. And so I think you being able to say, God is omnipresent. Mm -hmm. Yes. No matter who you are, no matter where you are. Yes. Right. And I think what you've done too is put a different spin on the word marketplace ministry. I think, what I've seen is that a lot of people took the marketplace ministry title too far. Mm-hmm. We're seeing the spirit of Jezebel run through these streets and they're using, oh, I'm I'm not a pastor in the pulpit. So it's OK for me to yeah. entice yeah. Yeah. men and entice mm. others and, you know, and all that. And I think you are showing that that is not what marketplace ministry really, truly is. Well, thank you. Um, honored by those comments. Um, I was in Jason's Deli the other day, mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite lunchtime spots, and I was ordering, uh, I think, a chicken panini, and the woman behind the register said, and I have been going there, I've been going there for years now, mm-hmm. and she's been seeing me every week, mm-hmm. and she says to me, she says, um, wait a minute, I just saw you on Instagram, and I cried at your video. I said, what? She says, I just saw you on Instagram, and I was crying over your video. She's like, you didn't, you didn't tell me you did that. I said, what? She says, you didn't tell me that you're a pastor. And you, you encourage people. I says, I, I, no, I didn't, think, I didn't <laughs> think I had to announce it. And she says, I cried when I saw your video. It was one minute. I cried mm-hmm. when I saw your video because it really moved me and touched me and helped me to move on and go on with my life. And when I walked away from her, I said, thank you. But I thought about it. I said, the impact, if you use social media the God way, mm-hmm. You can impact a lot of people's lives, and and market uh, marketplace ministry for me is, I actually don't need a Sunday morning pulpit. You don't, because wherever I'm at, if I got a phone and a camera, Mm I'm gonna say something, Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm inspired by God that can get you or try to help push you and get your life to a place where you feel like I can move forward. There's too many people out here that are lost and broken, hurting Mm -hmm. and crying, so maybe. By doing a, 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 a number of videos of encouragement, one of them was circulating, hit somebody, 
and stop them from taking those pills or jumping That's off right. a bridge or, or driving a car as fast as they can down the street to end their life. Because you thought that way, you were able to survive the pandemic. Mm. A lot of churches weren't able to survive and would not have survived if it wasn't for the PPPs and all this other stuff. Okay, let's be real about it. Because you have to be able to reach the people. And so many people were lost as to how they were going to still reach the people during the pandemic. And that was probably your biggest time was during the pandemic, right? I Listen, I mean, you you brought up something extremely significant. Mm -hmm. When when the pandemic first hit, Mm -hmm. I cried. Mm. because I had six people on a Zoom Bible study. I said, Lord, I said, all them folk in our church and only six got on and it got, it got, the number got lighter. You know why? Go ahead. Because the religion was interrupted. Come on now. The getting up on Sunday morning, eating the the pancake, Mm -hmm. getting in the car, singing the songs, fixing the daughter's hair and putting her pretty blue shoes and that, that was interrupted and they did not really want to hear the word of God Mm -hmm. anymore. What happened with that? They they didn't want to hear it. And, I was I would call people say hey can can, can you get on the Zoom I said now nah, you don't have to drive mm-hmm. you don't have to meet me there just get on Zoom they wouldn't get on Zoom so I said you know what how about this uh, I got a few little followers on social media I said I'm gonna go live I'm gonna do Bible study right there and whoever get on get on mm-hmm. so I started on Instagram I got on TikTok the numbers begin to grow from fifty to hundred to one fifty to three hundred to three hundred regular attendance now is a thousand on TikTok mm. Instagram. 350, and, and, and it's still growing, but people are getting on and using it as their Bible study. And so I said, God, thank you for giving this creative method to do Bible studies right where people are. You don't have to come meet me at my church. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it right here, <laughs> you know, lunchtime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and so you can get it. And our ministry began to grow um, literally overnight because God was leading me to do these type of ministries. Unconventional, different. But, but consistent. But consistent. And I think that's the piece that those who may not be um, mm. following us from a church perspective, but more from a business perspective, yes. which you can pick from this is that Pastor Dwight was consistent. Yes. And yes. he also understood his target audience, because let me tell you something What I saw Pastor Dwight do. Um, and I was like, OK, this man is the real deal. Mm. I got a call from a major network mm-hmm. from one of my only, uh, I mean, because I normally I, I meet celebrities all the time, and I I'm not a fan, mm-hmm. but one of the very few people that I'm a fan of is Janet Jackson. Mm. Janet Jackson. I mean, to me, Janet Michael Prince is just like ooh. Mm-hmm. And I got a call from one of the major networks. Janet Jackson had a major new project that came out, and they were being very selective of. So, uh, um, influencers that they wanted to promote this upcoming project. Mm-hmm. And Pastor Dwight was one of very few people that were selected. And probably he was the only client on our roster. And we had um, NBA, NFLs, this singer, da da. And they loved Pastor Dwight because keep in mind, Married at First Sight was also a show that was on Lifetime. So they were very familiar with Pastor Dwight and they respected him. And when I called Pastor Dwight, I was so excited. Pastor Dwight, because, you know, I'm a big fan. And Pastor Dwight said, Ebony, I don't think that that would be what I need to do at this time. I am here to inspire. I'm here to sow into. 
And I was like, Pastor Dwight, I, I mean, this is Janet Jackson. Are you crazy? Do you know what the, 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 Ebony? And I looked at the phone. I looked at the text. I put the phone down. I had to go <laughs> process it. Had to walk away from it. I even had to sleep on it. Mm-hmm. I came in the next week. Can y'all believe this? Me and Carcilla had a round of, And then after it just, you know, and, and you stood firm on it. You knew your target. You knew your purpose. You knew your consistency. And guess what? The networks expressed their understanding of it. And they said, you know what? We want to have him come back and do this for this. Mm-hmm. They understood it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's when I find, I said, Pastor Dwight is not out here running after fame. Mm-mm. Because if he was worried about fame, mm-hmm. he could have shined on him right then. I mean, if you're going to shine on any, Janet Jackson is the shine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Pastor Dwight, let's talk before we close out. What exactly was going through your mind when you decided to say no to one of the biggest opportunities out there? Well, I thought about <clears throat> the people that that watch my TikTok videos, they don't watch them um, because I was on television. Mm -hmm. They could care less Mm -hmm. that I was on Married at First Sight. They watch my videos because when they listen, many of them get inspired from them. And so my audience that listens to me, they're 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 at breaking points. And they they need to, I had to stay true to my content and who Mm -hmm. I was. Mm And I, though it was a good opportunity, I said, nah, I just got to, there's somebody out there that needs God. So you immediately knew. Yeah. So it, you immediately said, did anything ever say, it's Janet Jackson, let me think about it? No, nothing. Really? Yeah, nothing said it was Janet Jackson, let me think about it. <laughs> and, 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 Are you a fan? Yeah. Okay, I just want to make Jackson, sure I wasn't just me now. Yeah, I, I, I listen, I'm a Janet Jackson fan, but mm-hmm. I, I, at this season of my life, I had to work on um, myself and what people needed to hear. That That's moment. right. That's and right. So, and there's never an opportunity that you'll turn down for God that He wouldn't give you back. Mm. Amen. So you turned it down for. Let's say this again. Never an opportunity that you turned down for God, not for Pastor Dwight, okay. not for more followers, right. not for Papa Smurf, right, right, but for. Yeah. For, God. for God, yeah, 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 and so I, I, and I'll say this, and then I'll be quiet. Uh, <laughs> um, I think um, when you get into your lane and you really begin to work the area that God has called you to, mm-hmm. um, you'll be amazed at how many people you can draw mm-hmm. by just being you, mm-hmm. you authentic. Be, you don't have to be nobody else, mm-hmm. and just be you, and you'll, you'll you'll draw them. And my my main. My main goal in life is I had a dream, and I share this with you. I had a dream, mm-hmm. and on the front cover, it was Time Magazine, and on the front cover, it said, Pastor Dwight Buckner, the voice of hope for a nation. Mm. That's what it said in the dream. And I said, Lord, I want to live my life inspiring people. Mm. I want to inspire people. Mm-hmm. And it don't matter where your ba- what your background is, where you're from, what religion you are. When you hear me, I want you to be inspired. Inspired. Yeah, I want to mm-hmm. cross uh, uh, denominational lines, religion lines, and I want to inspire people. Wow, wow. And what, well, Papa Smurf, you want to say anything? Yeah, that's we... the focus. The focus is discovering the fullness of you. And when you embrace that and walk into that, mm-hmm. 
you know, there, God reveals himself. Mm-hmm. Yes. When mm-hmm. your relationship is with God, the, your focus becomes really just being the fullness of you. And the word beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, a beautiful person is, is a person who is yeah. being then be you to the full, mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that beauty is what really God's like. God likes, in my opinion, God likes to um, send into different places because that the, the focus is not really on the ego you is the being you to the full for what you were created for what you were. well I will tell you I think today was a fantastic 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 episode um, whether you came and you listened because you wanted you needed to have um, a connection and, and learn more about um, God and Jesus Christ or if you came today because you wanted to learn some of the principles of success because you have Pastor Dwight who is successful in business He's successful in faith, and he's also successful in entertainment. However and whyever you came, you were supposed to be here. It was by no mistake that you were here today. So thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Cornology.